Once again, good morning, Friendship Church. We, you are here at week one of our series, 10 for Life. We are learning 10 Bible verses together as a church. And so my first question to you is, did you learn your Bible verse this week? All right. How many of you, when you learned your Bible verse, you said the word ye in that Bible verse? Anybody? There's my King James people. Yes, my people. All right. I had it for you in the ESV, but of course you can use whatever translation that you would like to, uh, to learn. I know some are learning it in the NLT or the ESV, NIV, whatever it is. Uh, but, uh, but this verse is one of those that you learn when King James was the only Bible around, probably, okay? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, as in the King James, added to you in the ESV. Uh, and so why, why are we doing this? We, what, what is the purpose of all of this? We talked about this last week, that what if the unthinkable happens? I know you're like, not here in Texas, but what if the unthinkable happens and they come for our Bibles? Come for our Bibles, we're unable to read the Word of God. Um, and so we have enough time to learn 10 verses that's going to keep us moving in our Christian faith. Uh, we're able to open up, uh, look at the breadth of the Bible, and say, what are those 10 verses? And those, <laughs> it was really, really hard, n- narrowing it down to 10 verses, okay? Uh, hopefully we have enough time to learn 20 verses or 30 verses or something. But the point of it is, is so that we hide the word in our hearts, that we might not sin against God. And I think it's so important not just to be familiar with some of the things that Jesus said, but that we know the word of God. Amen? And that's the whole purpose behind this. I want us to know uh, the Word of God. And so this week, we're starting, this is our first one, um, first one of the ten. And we're going to start with a, the, maybe the number one priority in a Christian's life. And that is found here in verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Matthew 6. Dot, dot, 33. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 6. You can also turn to Haggai chapter 1. I'm going to be in there briefly as well. Matthew chapter 6, Haggai chapter 1, or they'll be up on the screen for you as well. Um, and so let's dig in here to Matthew chapter 6 um, and then Haggai 1. What does it mean to put God first? What does that mean? When we, when we are going to put God first, that's put God in front of us, put God in front of culture. What does that mean to put God um, first? And I think that it boils down to why we read scripture in the first place. We need to know who God is and we need to know who we are. And sometimes we forget that. We forget who God is and we forget who we are. And that's why we read the scripture as well. When we read, when, when we read scripture, we find out who God is. If we don't read scripture, it's very easy for us to think that we're pretty good because we compare ourselves to someone who is pretty good. We can talk ourselves into thinking that we are good. When we read the word of God, we realize that God is infinitely good. And so then we say, okay, I need to be more like that. So we push ourselves to that. It's easy to convince ourselves that we are loving. It's easy to convince ourselves that we are kind, that we are patient, that we are forgiving. Then when we read the word, we remember who God is, and he is infinite in those things. And so we say, "Uh, I need to be more like that. And so that's why we read the word of God, and that is putting God first. That's ahead of what we think is good, what we think is loving, and we put God first. Early in the chapter, he sets this up. 
which this is the Sermon on the Mount. This is the most popular scripture or, or a, a, a sermon that has ever been. This is Jesus' words, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, as he's preaching uh, this sermon. And so he sets it up at the beginning when he's talking about prayer. Uh, he says, Thy kingdom come, thy, or my God, hallowed be thy name. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There we go. Hallowed be thy name. So I get honor and praise to you. Okay, we're going to set it up. Honor and praise to you, God. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's not just our will. It's you are God, we are not, so you are first. Amen? You are God, we are not, so you are first. So even in our prayer time, we set that up. Then later... Uh, in that same chapter, he talks about how that we, we don't store up for ourselves treasures here on earth, but instead we, we make our treasures in heaven. And I, and I taught three sermons on that back in November, so you can look back on, on our line, online, uh, YouTube, these things, uh, if you want to see those messages as well. But we don't build up for ourselves uh, earthly treasure, but heavenly treasure, Okay. And then he goes right in, so, so right after that, he goes into our verses. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 25. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life or worry about your life. Do we have any worry warts in here? Anybody? You don't have to raise your hand, that's okay. <laughs> All right. Do not be anxious, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? We have the tendency to worry about some of these things because these are the things that meet us every single day. We think about what we're going to eat. We're going to think, do we have enough money in the bank? We're going to think about, do we have the right kinds of clothes? Okay, so this week it's supposed to be 70 here in Houston. We'll see. Okay, I don't know. Do we have the right kind of clothes to be able to last? So we have, we have these worries or try. We are tempted to have these worries. And Christ says, don't do that. Do not worry about your life. Isn't, isn't life more than just these simple things? And he says, verse 26, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into bardens, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious or worry, can add a single hour to his span of life? Listen, he created the birds and he gave them the ability to do what they need to do. He's the one that fought up a bird, okay? And so he's the one that gave them feathers, gave them the instincts to know where to get food, that sort of thing, how to, how to feed uh, their little baby birds. He's the one that gave them all of that. Now, if he's going to take care of birds who were not made in the image of God, who he did not die on the cross for, how much more is he going to take care of us? who we are made in the image of God, who he did go to the cross to die for, of course he is going to care for us even more. Verse 28, And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? He says, look around how beautiful this place is. I created this. Have you seen trees? Have you seen mountains? Have you seen rivers and canyons? Like, I did that. <laughs> okay? 
I did all of that, and it's way more beautiful than whatever uh, outfit that Solomon decided to put on. Did you see Solomon's hat? It was like tall and it was whatever. Okay, not anywhere as beautiful as what I have made. And I was careful, carefully created these things that are not made in the image of God, that I did not die for. So how much more would I care for you than lilies of the field? Verse 31, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles, or pagans, people who are outside the kingdom of God, for the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need them all. Before you even come to the Lord in prayer, he knows what you need. He already knows. Now, you still need to come in prayer, because prayer is for us more than it is for God. But he already knows what we need, so that's why we come to him in prayer. But don't worry about these simple things. The Bible is constantly showing us not to be like those in the world. Just constantly from the beginning to the end, do not be like those outside the kingdom of God. They, they seek fame and fortune, happiness, material things, but more to the point, their kingdom. That's, that's what they're seeking. They're seeking it to build their kingdom. What they see in front of them is all that there is to life. And God says there's a lot more to life, not just this life, but the next life. <laughs> okay? So don't just care about stuff in this life. There's another life coming around, around the bend. And so what do you do? What do we do? He gave us these things in the first place. We are not to seek the gift. We are to seek the giver. We are not to seek the gift. We are to seek the giver. It's not just the stuff. It's the God who provides the stuff. The God who knows exactly what we need. And so we come to our verse. What do we do? But seek first, first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. If you seek the kingdom of God, if you seek his righteousness, not your kingdom and what you think righteousness is, goodness, doing what is right, when you seek his kingdom, all of these things are going to fall into place. All these things. Now, maybe you read part of that and you think, okay, well, birds and lilies, they don't really do anything, so we can have the temptation or the tendency to maybe just kind of sit back and go, well, God's just going to give me stuff, right? Because I exist, I guess God will give me things. That's why I really like that word, seek. Seek is even more than just looking. When you, when you look, look, look that way. Everybody looks that way. But you're not going to stay looking that way forever, okay? That's a temporary deal. Seeking is a long-term, every day, it's a life journey. We are seeking after the kingdom of God. We are seeking after His righteousness, I mean, sometimes we're not going to get it right. We're not going to be in God's righteousness. So we need to seek his righteousness. We need to seek after him. It's a lifelong journey. It is not a passive journey where we just sit in the pew. Well, I went to church. That's probably good enough. Uh, but it's an active one. It's an every single day we seek after the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Every day. And what happens is, is that when we begin to seek our kingdom, what we think is right, okay, that's when a lot of life's hurts actually begin. A lot of life's hurts is us picking our stuff instead of God's stuff, okay? It's not so much the devil made me do it. 
okay? <laughs> okay, we like to blame it on that. Uh, most of the time, it's we pick our stuff instead of God's stuff. We pick our desires instead of God's desires. We pick our plans instead of God's plans. We pick our feelings instead of God's truths. We pick our feelings instead of God's truths. We know that God is with us, but we feel lonely, so we act on that. We act on the fact that we feel lonely. We don't act on the fact that we know that God is with us, and so we make bad decisions. We know that God, what God's word says about sin, but we feel bad about offending someone. So we act on our feelings and not on God's promises. We know that pride comes before the fall. But we feel unjust, and so we got to talk about it to people. We feel like if we just get it off our chest, you know, and we tell other people and we gossip about somebody else, that we'll feel better. We know that's not right, and that's what we do. Many times we have to forfeit what we feel or want now for what we really need later. And we see this all the time, especially teenagers and young people. Where's teenagers and young people here in the room, Okay. We want, some people raise their hand, they're not young. What are y'all talking about? Sorry. I just saw a quick hand. I was, okay, sorry. Teenagers and young people, they do this. Because they, many times they'll act on their feelings. So what, what they know that they need and want is they want companionship and they want love. But they feel like they need to do some things behind the closed doors with with a man, with a woman, and they feel they need to do that to get the companionship and to get the love. And so they act on their feelings, and what happens is there are people ruining their lives because they're making decisions based on feelings instead of, God says, if you follow my plan, I will give that to you in marriage. You will get love and companionship. Do not do the things that I have said are in marriage outside of marriage. Because those are feelings. Those are feelings, and that's building your kingdom and what you think and your feelings. It's not building the kingdom of God. It's not building the kingdom of God. Too many times we get focused on this, and I, and I don't want to list a whole bunch of this things, a lot of them, because if I don't say yours, then you feel off the hook, okay? So, um, <clears throat> okay. So we, we get fixated on a thing, okay, and maybe it's a good thing, it's a gift from the Lord, but we focus on that instead of focusing on God, okay? Have you ever seen a child lose a balloon? <laughs> they act totally reasonable, don't they? <laughs> totally reasonable. Especially if they sit on it and it pops. That's even funnier, okay? But if they let go of their balloon or it pops, what do they always do? They always look at their father and they say, Father, I have lost this, but I know that you love me. And so when you feel it necessary, you will get me another balloon. You have enough money and wherewithal and love for me. I will sit here patiently until I receive this balloon, if it is that you want me to have a balloon, I will remain. Of course that's not what they do. They cry and flail around. 
do, they do like spinny things or whatever on the, they, they, they freak out. They freak out, okay? And then after an hour and a half of crying, you have to remember I have three daughters. So after an hour and a half of crying, they look and they see that their two sisters still have their balloon. And you've not seen jealousy, okay? I think that that was the birth of jealousy, actually. Um, when you have lost your balloon, but your sisters still have their balloon, and so, somehow they're the bad guys, okay? <clears throat> so we actually started a rule in our house, no balloons. It's hard and fast. Hard and fast. And so, you know, you'll go to those restaurants, and sometimes you'll have those waiters come by, and they're like, hey, who wants a balloon for the kids? We're always like, nope, next table. We said, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that, okay? And you may say, y'all are mean parents. <laughs> I just saw my middle daughter shaking her head. Y'all are mean parents. No, you're just not balloon people. That's what it is. Maybe we're not a balloon family, okay? That's just, that's what that is, all right? <laughs> I think I just saved some of y'all. Some of y'all are going home and saying, no balloons in our house. The fifthens can do it, we can do it. I don't know. Okay? Maybe balloons aren't for you. <laughs> Jesus' follow- followers must settle the question of priorities and make the kingdom of God their primary concern. Their primary concern. Not this, but the things of God. And then, the day the, the, when, when we get this in correct order... All the things that we deal with every single day will line up. The way that we deal with family, friends, work, fun, etc., it will be transformed. If we were to look at our family through the eyes of seeking God first, then what would that look like? Well, we would see a family that we are supposed to love and support. Maybe we're not going to agree with everything. That doesn't mean we start the conversation at Thanksgiving dinner, okay? But we may not agree on everything, but we're going to love and support each other. Right, uh, and the proper roles are going to take place. The parents and, and uh, the parents are going to provide for the children. The children are going to honor their mother and father. Our family can be transformed if we look at our family through the eyes of putting God first. We look at our friends. If we look at our friends through the eyes of uh, putting God first, then we know that iron sharpens iron. And so, from time to time, we need to get together. Yes, learn from each other, but help each other. Carry one another's burdens, the Bible says. And so that's why we have friends to help each other. When it comes to work, we know that Colossians 3 says, whatever you do in word or deed, so the things that you work on, yes, they are, they are to provide for your family, but your whole life is not work. You don't neglect your family. You work through the eyes of putting God first. Even our entertainment time. I, I believe that the Lord has joy when he looks down and he sees his children having fun and at play and, and these types of things. And so when you, when you, even when you have entertainment, you can do that in the name of the Lord if you're looking at it through the eyes of putting God first. However, if you do all of these things without putting God first, you begin to put these things first and they begin to crumble. What if we look at our family not through the eyes of putting God first? Well, now this family member... We discard family members because they're, just, they're not being right. We, just, we discard them. 
And they're just they're nowhere to be found. Or we have an unhealthy view of, of roles and what we're supposed to do. And, and I'll never let Olivia go to college and, and, and find out what God wants for her. No, nope, I want her to stay home and I'm going to lock her up in her room because I just love her too much. No, that's not how we're supposed to treat our family members. God has given that family to us. What about our friends? If we don't look at finding friends with the idea or through the eyes of putting God first, then we're going to hang out with some weird people. There's some people that are, you know, they were great friends of yours in high school, but thank the Lord you don't hang out with them anymore, right? Because they have taken a different turn than you did, and so, well, they're my friends. That's all I can do. And then you start learning from them weird ideas, and you start moving away from the Lord. Even work. If work is not seen in the proper context of putting God first, then we have too many workaholics who neglect their family and and, and they work and work and work, and, and Ecclesiastes talks about this. You work and work and work, and then you look back and you have nothing to show for it. Like no one on, the, on their deathbed is like, I wish I would have spent more time on the Smith account. Like no one thinks that. <laughs> but without the proper context, even entertainment, if we don't look at our relaxing time through the eyes of putting God first, then we can start entertaining things that our body might crave and we can get into some weird things or even if we get in even if there are healthy things that we can entertain ourselves with we start liking that more and more and we become lazy and we don't actually do anything for the lord entertainment is fine in its context but we need to work we need to do something for the lord we can't just play so all, like our life is transformed if we look at all of these things through the eyes of putting God first. Because when we do that, then all of these other things are going to take care of themselves. When you get your priorities right, Jesus takes care of their needs, of your needs. Let's look at Haggai chapter 1 real quick. Haggai chapter 1, uh, just for some context. So uh, the Israelites, see, this isn't just what was going on in Jesus' day. This is going on for a long time, okay? Um, the temple had been destroyed. Jerusalem had been destroyed. Their houses had been destroyed. They'd been taken away in captivity, Babylon, all these other places. After some time, many of them were able to come back. And when they come back, they see that their temple is destroyed, their houses are destroyed, everything's destroyed. And so what do we do? And they decided the first thing we need to do is we need to rebuild our house. We need to rebuild our house. Haggai chapter 1 verse 2, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. The people are saying the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the Lord sent his message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? They were seeking their kingdom, their house first, before they were seeking God's house first. And they took care of their stuff before they were taking care of God's stuff. Verse 5, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. You planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you are putting them in pockets filled with holes. God says, have you noticed that even though you're working your fingers to the bone, you're still not harvesting what you've been planting you're still thirsty you're still hungry the money that you put in your pockets there's holes in the pockets have you noticed that things are not acting the way that you thought that they were going to be acting it's because you're not prioritizing right 
You're putting your kingdom ahead of mine. Verse 7, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up to the hills, bring down timber, and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. We have to build the house of God. He comes first. He comes first. We need to make sure that God is honored before we do anything else. Anything that we do, God has to be honored. Verse 9, you hoped for rich harvests, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. I blew it away. Why? Maybe you're just not balloon people, okay? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. So not only are you putting your stuff ahead of God's stuff and you're still hungry and you're still thirsty and you're not satisfied because only God can satisfy. So not only are you building your stuff up, I am actually acting against you. I'm blowing your stuff away. You are not going to be satisfied without me without putting me first. Verse 10, it's because of you, not me, I'm not evil. It's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produces no crops. I have called for a drought on your fields and hills, a drought to wither the grain and grapes and olive trees and all your other crops, a drought to starve you and your livestock to ruin everything you have worked so hard to get. See, it's not just work hard and things will work out. It's work hard for the Lord, and God takes care of everything else. When you put God's kingdom first, he takes care of these other things. Not that we'll go through seasons of more struggle than other, but God is with you in those seasons of struggles as well. So don't worry about those. Don't go on your feelings. I'm alone. i got to figure this out. Go on the promise of God. What you know, God is with you. God is walking with you. If you choose to build up your kingdom first, not only will you not be satisfied, you're going to find yourself coming up against the creator of the universe. Good luck. So what do we do? Keep God first. Keep God first. The Bible and really all of our lives are filled with people who chose to look for something else as opposed to God. Eve sought immortality. Cain sought respect. Aaron sought the approval of men. Samson sought pleasure. Israel sought an earthly king. Saul sought control. The Pharisees sought authority. The rich young ruler sought riches. And on and on and on and on, and they were grasping at straws. But then you come to to one guy later named Paul, who we talked about last week. We read in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul remained Faithful to God, he put God first and he built God's kingdom. He ran the race, he says, and I have now received the crown of righteousness. He went through some tough times. It's not seek me first and your life will be easy, but it's seek me first and I will take care of all of your needs. That brings us through to righteous to the crown of righteousness. This is the same Paul that said, "My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory." Listen, if we Christians have found the highest possible good there is in the universe, why would we work to do anything else? 
Why would we work to do anything else? The damage that we can do to ourselves and to other people who do not seek God first. Do you know someone who does not seek God first? There's loss of purpose, family, identity, years of working for something that passes away. I found out that the, world, the more the world is about you, the more angry and tired you'll be. The more the world is about you, the more angry and tired you'll be because you'll just see so many other things. But when we keep our eyes on the Lord, we build his kingdom, his righteousness first. But what do we lose the most? We lose our relationship with the Father. That's, that's what we lose the most. The temporary things are temporary. We lose our relationship with the Father. Church, we've got to keep God first. I think that's a top 10 verse. Keep God first because it's so easy to look for other things. So steps to be God first people. What do we do? There has to be some, some action, action steps. What do we do now? Well, this list obviously is not exhaustive. There are many other things that we can look at, many other things we can do. But a couple of things that we can do to be God first people or seek God first people. Continually be grateful and thankful for what God has given us. When we are grateful is, is inner. We, we, I, I am grateful for the things that God has given us. Thankfulness is saying it out loud. I am thankful for my family. I am thankful for my job. I'm thankful for this. Your ears need to hear, needs to hear your mouth give thanks to God. It's not just something in your brain. When you say it out loud, you hear yourself saying it out loud. And sometimes when you say stuff out loud, you're like, no, bring, bring that back in. <clears throat> but when you say, thank you, God, you are the reason why I have this. Your ears hear that and it registers different in your brain. God is God and I am me. So regularly thank God for the things that God has given you. Allow God to use you and your stuff as he sees fit. Even if it's gifts of God, and we want to use it how we see fit, use those things as God sees fit. And yes, that's finances, but that's time, and that's so many other things, not just one thing. So many other things. Maybe we don't play that fifth hour of video games, so why don't we do something else for a little bit? And see what God wants to do in us. Allow God to use your stuff as he sees fit. Constantly review your motivations, your motives. Why am I doing this? Maybe it's a good thing, but am I doing it to build my kingdom? I want to build God's kingdom. It's, it's okay to, why am I doing this? Ask yourself the question, why am I doing this? Is it to build me? Is it to build the kingdom of God? And finally, seek the things that God wants. If you're having trouble with the things you already have, how do you bless the Lord in that? Well, why don't we look to the word to see the things that God does want and start moving in that direction? I thought Scroggins did a great job two weeks ago when he was talking about how we bring people to the Lord. Other people that do not know the, do not know the Lord, those are things that God wants. So maybe that's something that we can do. That's something that God wants that we can actively seek and bring people to the Lord. There are many more steps. Those are just a few things to get us started. I want to seek first, first, the kingdom of God. 
and his righteousness. His righteousness is the standard, not my feelings on what I think is right. His righteousness is the standard. And when I seek his kingdom and his righteousness first, then I don't have to worry about all this other stuff. God will take care of me. If you would stand this morning, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you for, for 10 weeks here, because these are, these are verses in Scripture that, that really bring it home for us, we need to go ahead and just be ready that we're going to pray, okay? We're going to, be, we're going to pray at the altar. We can pray at our seat. We can do something. But we're, going to, we're opening these altars back up, okay? The altars are going to be open because there are some here today that there is something in your life. For the most part, you're following the Lord, but there is that one thing. That's the thing. That's the thing that we need to give to the Lord. That's the thing that we need to give to the Lord. So that's the question here today. Are you here today and in some area of your life, you would just rather take control of that. You would just rather have control of that. You would rather not give that to the Lord. And so you are having trouble seeking first the kingdom of God. Maybe not in everything, but in something, in one thing, in two things, in three things. You need to give that to the Lord. There's repent, I'm sorry, and turn away from that. I need to give that to the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with the Lord and you want to give your life to him this morning. You realize that the reason why in your life, even though you're working hard and and you're doing good things and you're doing whatever, it just seems like you're not satisfied. I'm still hungry for something that I don't know what I'm hungry for. I'm still thirsty for something. I'm still, I'm, I'm sowing, but I'm, I'm not reaping what I thought I would reap. I need, it's because God is not the center of your life. Only he can satisfy. So I'd like to open up these altars and I'd like you to find a place to pray. And some of you may say, I, that there's something that I have got to seek first the Lord in. And I want to find a place to pray And I want to give that to the Lord. I'm tired of trying to figure it out for myself. It keeps crumbling under my feet. I want to give it to you. Or if you're here and you want to ask Jesus into your heart, please come and talk to me. I'm going to be right up here at the front. Please come and talk to me. But everyone else, let's find a place to pray. Ready? One, two, three, go. Find a place to pray. And can we seek after the Lord? We're already here. We're already here at church. So we might as well come. We might as well seek. Help us to seek, Lord. Help us to seek your kingdom and your righteousness. Help us to seek your kingdom and your righteousness. Not hold back from myself what I think, my feelings, my traditions, what I think. Help me, Lord, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Help me not to worry so much about the things of life. Help me to seek your kingdom first. Let's pray this morning. Lord, forgive us when we seek our own kingdom. Help us to look to you and your kingdom and your righteousness. First, first. Help us first to seek your kingdom, your righteousness. To not worry about all of these things. You are a good God who blesses his children and who is walking with his children. You are a good 
God. You are not withholding for withholding's sake. God, you, you walk with us and you lead us. You bless us. You fill us with your presence and your spirit. More loving and kind and gentle than we deserve. But you are. Lord, help us. Help us to seek you first. You're also not to be sought as a last resort. You're not a last resort. The beginning of all things. So Lord, we come to you. We come to you first. We come to you first. Help us to help us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to us as well. In Jesus' name.